Have you heard about the new MagnaGrip Pro Nozzle? The MagnaGrip Pro Nozzle is the easiest, most advanced nozzle ever, protecting you from the dangers of diesel exhaust fumes. With its patented flex magnet technology, the Pro Nozzle easily attaches with one hand from a standing position, can snap on from any angle, and fits flush to the apparatus, saving a ton of space. A MagnaGrip is the only exhaust removal system that offers a true 100% seal. For free grant assistance and to learn more, go to magnagrip.com. Well, welcome to Firefighter Behavioral Health with Dr. Beth Murphy. Um, today, uh, Dr. Murphy, I'll call her Beth because I can because she is my wife. Uh, we have Shannon McQuaid, who's an author on a book that Beth's going to pop up here in a second, uh, dealing with uh, firefighter uh, yoga. And um, I'm going to let Shannon kind of describe her, um, you know, her attachment to the fire service. But the book that she wrote is called A Conscious Warrior by Shannon McQuaid. Um, it's a fire engineering publication. And we're so happy to have Shannon here today <clears throat> talking about it from a psychological, physical fitness, body work sort of um, triad. <clears throat> and I'm I'm like, uh, I'm not a big yoga guy because I'm, I'm as flexible as um, a steel I-beam. So I probably need to be But you have done yoga. I have done yoga. You used to do hot yoga, remember? <clears throat> we used to be pretty good at it. And I always would have people come into my clinic when I'm doing physicals and we do flexibility exercises as part of the job. And these some of these guys are like stiff as boards. I always say, do you play golf? They go, oh, yeah. And I said, are you any good at it? And they go, no, I'm horrible. And I said, you should take a yoga class. It'll <laughs> make your golf better and your wife will be happier. So <laughs> we're going to be talking about that with uh, Shannon and uh, Dr. Murphy. And I'll let you guys just take it away and I'll be a fly on the wall. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, Hi, Shannon. <laughs> I bet. Um, so John said something in his introduction that prompted a question. And because sure. um, he, you know, he was saying that, you know, we're coming at this from all these different perspectives. And so it made me curious, like what, you know, where is, uh, what's the, what's your foundational um, perspective or, or belief and um you know, for the, for your yoga practice, but also for writing this book? Well, I'm a practitioner. I mean, I am a yoga practitioner and um, I do hear a lot when I work with firefighters that going back to what John just said, um, I can't do yoga because I'm too stiff, which I think is really funny because that's the exact reason why we do yoga. Yes. And I, couple things I just want to say, but I got into yoga, the postural part of yoga, and I think after an injury. And oftentimes when we say yoga, we hear the word yoga, we immediately think about the fitness part of it, the postures, right? The downward facing dog. But there's lots of other practices that are involved in yoga beyond the postures. And that's where I started. I started with sitting and meditation and actually singing, singing, repeating mantras. And, and uh, so the foundation, my foundation is really 
as a practitioner. That's how I came to yoga out of a lot of different needs, mental needs, psychological needs, eventually physical fitness needs following following an injury where I had to stop running and doing some of the stuff that I loved. I came to um, to yoga to heal my body. Um, and yeah, I ended up healing my my mind and my heart and got inspired to to send it out into the world as a teacher. I love that. I like, I just got goosebumps with that. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, and I, I think a lot of people go to yoga to, um, at first, like heal their body. I mean, it's, it's kind of the thing, um, like a lot of the inspirational videos you might see on, um, YouTube or something is usually somebody who started yoga who like couldn't walk because they had this catastrophic injury or they were so stiff they just you know couldn't enjoy life anymore and um and then you you see them and it's like this transformation (laughs) um but the and I and I think you know what you're saying and what you realize for yourself is the you know it's like you focus on the body first but then you, as you get into it, you start to realize that the mind and heart is kind of engaged there as well. Yeah, yeah. I think people can come to yoga from many different perspectives, many different angles and needs. I do think yoga in the West has really been co-opted by the physical fitness industry. And I think that's often why when we think about yoga, it's synonymous with the postures. And I, you know, when I bring yoga into the firehouse, I do start with the the body, you know, let's just get into the body and um, start with areas that were most likely injured or that firefighters are dealing with aches and pains. And then pretty soon, you know, when we, begin to, when firefighters begin to move their body, open their body. I also bring in breath practices. That's very mm-hmm. important with yoga is to focus on the breath and notice how you're breathing. See if we can get the breathing to sort of slow down and come into a nice rhythm. Oh, all of a sudden other things start to show up, right? We start to, we start to feel more, right? more feelings start to show up. Maybe more thoughts start to show up and that's where the transformation happens. Um, when we breathe and when when we can breathe and create space, then things that weren't visible before or weren't conscious before now become conscious. And it's like, oh, I didn't even know that I was suffering or or dealing in these various ways. And, yeah. and now I can actually ask for support. So that to me, that's part of the transformation of yoga. And you just start with you start wherever you're at. Yeah. So, um, um, just, I, I guess to, I, it's like so many questions popped in my head, <laughs> but, um, I wanted to, um, like I wanted to talk about your book a little bit first and, and then I think then going into some of these questions that like just popped into my head. Um, so you are from a fire service family, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Yes, my dad was a career firefighter for San Jose. Um, he got into it. He started in at the Los Gatos Fire Department, and he really got into it because his younger brother was a firefighter. 
And my dad just was looking at his brother thinking like, that looks like a really good lifestyle. <laughs> you know, I want more of that. So um, yeah. he was working, you know, just kind of had like a, an hourly wage job and then became a firefighter in the Los Gatos Fire Department, where it was really about passing the physical fitness test. That was that was the most important part of the job back then. And my dad was a very physically fit person. And then um, later on, my sister became a firefighter also in San Jose. It's not where she started in her, her career, but she transitioned um, probably in her mid thirties. And, um, and then she married a firefighter. So okay. um, yeah, so there's there's quite a few firefighters in, in my family. Yeah. 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 So, um, and I, I think I was reading, um, that that did not come without challenges for family life. And I think that that kind of speaks to a lot of what I see in my practice. Um, I, I mean, I do know like a lot of the research talks about like high um, high divorce rates in firefighters and police officers. And, and that comes a lot from, you know, just kind of stuffing everything down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and that, you know, it's like, if you're doing that, then you're not, you know, you're not connected with your family at home. You're not talking about, you know, maybe what is going on and building up in you and so forth. And so I see that a lot in the um, firefighters that I see. Um, and it's always somebody else that notices it first, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but families kind of suffer and they don't always know why. And oftentimes they think it's like something about them. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it's like, were those some challenges that you recognized in your family as well? I mean, yeah, my parents divorced when we were quite young. I I don't, you know, they were also very different personalities as I got older. I really recognized that. Um, yeah, I think the strain of the job absolutely puts strain on families. I mean, you, you'll know more about that than I, because you work with so many different firefighters and families. I can only speak to mine. And I yeah. thought about it a lot, Beth. I tried to, you know, say how much, how much of the issues we dealt with growing up really had to do with the fact that my dad's a firefighter. It's hard for me to quantify. Mm-hmm. What I can say is that, you know, my dad and I thought very differently. We had very different views and beliefs. And when I began my yoga journey out of college, because I felt very lost, very disconnected, you use that word connection. And I think that's really what yoga can offer all of us is connection, connection to ourselves, connection to what's important to us. Um, connection. And then from that place, connection with other people, I was quite disconnected as a college grad. So that's when I started my yoga journey. I really went seeking. I went to the East, might be a little bit of a cliche, but that's what I did. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I found yoga through that, through that journey. And eventually I brought it back into the fire service. Eventually I wrote the book of you know, the conscious worry that we talked about. And right before my dad died, he died a couple of years ago. He had said to me, I I wish, I wish I had done yoga as a firefighter. I I think when I told him I was going to, you know, after practicing for 20 years, I I thought, dad, I'm going to try to bring this into the firehouse. And he's like, good luck. You know, he was like, really just wish you well, but you know, I don't see success here on the other end of this vision for you. And then after being quite successful, because there was a need, right, there just was a need for this, this kind of opportunity to 
ground the nervous system, to reflect, to connect, you know, really to get out of the fight or flight, the whole yeah. 911 environment, right? There there was a need. This this touched a chord. Then at the end, it was we had peace around it. We really could see. I I got to see his world better when I went into the to firehouse to deliver yoga. And after me sharing and and stories in the book, he got to see my world better. And so that that was really a gift of Fireflix yeah. yoga was, was the healing of my relationship with my dad. How nice. Yeah, that's yeah. that's yeah. amazing. Beth. Um <clears throat> Beth. Yes. You need to turn your coffee cup around. But I yes. It's because like not sure out in the picture that. anymore. <laughs> you don't have that on. Don't use that again. Please. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Well, because of the language that's on the side of her, her cup. Uh, well, I think firefighters would appreciate it. I don't what does it say? It may not be all of our uh, viewing audience. So just be aware of that. That's as your technical <laughs> advisor, I just, and you're, as your lawyer, I would <laughs> turn that around. Fine. Fine. I'll show you later, Shannon. Okay. <laughs> It was a gift from one of my daughters. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> I, I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I often share it with my clients. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so um, I I love I love that, and I it's it's interesting because your you know your description of your journey through. Uh, you know, into yoga and and um, gaining more expertise with it, and um, and just like learning and getting to the point where you are now, where you can you know share this with everybody. It's like you said it was cliche going east. It's yeah. like I've heard that from a lot of like really serious um, yoga or, and even meditation practitioners. Um, so it seems like anytime somebody gets really into that um, kind of uh, Eastern type philosophies, practices and so forth, that um, like if they're going to be practitioners, often they'll go to kind of the origin. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Um, so when you brought... Um, yoga into the firehouse and your your dad you know said good luck it's like i could totally understand that i know when i talk about meditation mm -hmm. with um my clients they often roll their eyes <laughs> so <laughs> i can i can understand that um so um you know what was that like bringing yoga into the firehouse and how long ago was that again that was in 2014, like, okay. like February, right around this time, 2014 is when okay. um, we started a 12-week pilot program with uh, Station 9 at the uh, San Jose Fire Department, which coincidentally was the station where my dad worked. You know, he worked, spent most of his career. Um, and I think there, again, just going back to the need, that particular crew you know, they were further along in their career. There were, they were grappling with a lot of injuries. I remember the captain in particular, before I got in there, I had been off for an entire year from a back injury and a back surgery. Mm -hmm. So I think they were hungry for something new, something different that could help. 
Um, so I brought, I brought yoga in, I, I brought in a version of yoga that ended up not working well. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was, you know, more of a, an aggressive kind of a fast pace, what we'd call vinyasa, vinyasa flow. And that wasn't what that particular crew was looking for. Okay. They were looking for an opportunity to really stretch. I think that's really what they were thinking when they thought yoga, they thought, wow, I really need to stretch. I'm in a lot of pain. My shoulders are tight. My neck is tight. I'm not sleeping. Mm-hmm. You know, I think this can help. So, um, okay. Kind of right away. And really, that's all I can really take credit for. I think, I think because of my background growing up in a fire family, you know, in a way with kind of the quintessential macho firefighting dad, I had a way of presenting it that was non-threatening. And then the yoga did it after that. Really, really wasn't me. Like I brought it in. I showed up. You know, I probably was a good ambassador for it because I had one foot growing up in a fire family. And then I had this almost, you know, 15 years of practice in uh, 15 years of of being a practitioner and then just bringing those two together. And then I'm really listening because, like I said, when I started, it was more like a workout. I got really clear. Here's what they're looking for. And that that kind of a slowed down um, what we call more maybe restorative or yin practice really worked worked well yeah worked really well yeah and I, I that that makes a lot of sense to me I was talking with um when I don't I don't know if I had told you when we chatted before um but I'm building a um so um Seattle Fire has its own um medical clinic so it's a um state seattle fire station two clinic i mean we're literally attached to station two Uh so it looks like you're walking into part of the firehouse wow um and so they have a medical doctor and they have a pt that is there um like once a week but open to take appointments and so forth and um so i was having a discussion with the medical doc there and um, she said, um, when I talked to her and said, well, I'm going to be talking with Shannon McQuaid and she does Fireflex yoga and, um, you know, that piqued her interest. And uh-huh. she says, oh, but, you know, it's like people always, you know, like, oh, every time they've tried to bring yoga in, it's always been like, you know, like this, like fitness and it becomes a competition. And and yeah. so she had recognized um, that need for that kind of that flow. I mean, that opening of flexibility and then, and then just that, um, the cascading effects that basically that you talked about is, you know, starting with the body, the breath, and then it it just seems like everything follows then. Um, yeah. so it sounds like you figured that out pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was I was giving feedback kind of right away, and yeah. I can't remember who pulled me aside to give me a talking to, just like you know, just kind of like this is not what we were thinking yoga was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I said, no problem. Like let's yeah. let's try let's try this, and you know, it it didn't work for every firehouse, um, every group of firefighters. Not some people, as a matter of fact later this month, I'm going to be going into Cal Fire um, to do a kind of a train the trainer with mm-hmm. their with their trainers, their training and training captains. And we'll be showing up the Northern California training campus and I own and I'm working with uh, a colleague of mine, Nicole, and we were looking at the schedule or the the 
how the agenda, for lack of a better word, that we're going to be doing over the course of three days. And as we got to, we're looking at, you know, we have lots of yoga sessions sort of built in. We have mindfulness practice built in. We have breathing practices built in. And we had the hour at the end of the day. And Nicole said, well, why don't we do like another guided practice? Or why don't we do um, another yoga practice? And I said, Nicole, you and I love to go inward, like going inward into our bodies, into our emotions. Like this is a safe space for us, but it's not for everyone. So some crews actually do need the exercise to be able to slow down and and get comfortable with bringing attention to like, what am I feeling right now? Mm -hmm. And what am I going to do with the information that's surfacing right now? And that can take time, right, Beth? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, sometimes I'm surprised at how quickly um, people open up to me and just tell me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that, I mean, I I mean, that probably is about maybe 50% of the time. The other part is they come in with a problem. And I know from, you know, working in the fire service and then doing this and then also being somebody that is very comfortable going inward um that what they usually bring into therapy i mean this other 50 percent is like not really what the issue is uh-huh. but it's it's like it was something that was enough to bring them in and and it's i can tell pretty quick when somebody is not getting to like what really is affecting them Um, And so it does take some time and it does mean developing that trust, um, you know, not just in the person, but in the process. And, um, and I can see that that would be something that would be similar. Um, You know, and I think that that the real physical aspect of yoga is something that I think a lot of firefighters can easily relate to because it's a very physical job. So that's probably an easy thing for them to approach and get into. And then the other stuff yeah. is something that comes slowly. For yeah. yeah, it does. It does come slow, especially if you have spent a lifetime, like you said, repressing feelings, stuffing feelings down or ignoring it because it's painful. It's physically yeah. painful. It's psychologically painful. Yeah. It's going to take yeah. some time to trust that you can feel those feelings without getting overwhelmed by them. And and that will, right. That's, I mean, you could talk to you could speak to this more than I can, but that it's for some people, you know, it's just starting to feel the breath a little bit, right. Just maybe just a couple of times during practice or, you know, starting with feeling into your feet, you know, noticing what physical sensations are and then realizing that, you know, emotions can be felt as sensations in the body. And so, what emotions that I am I feeling right now in this particular posture? And then noticing that those emotions change, right? Mm-hmm. So then, then it's like, okay, I can handle this, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that feeling was temporary or it's not so deeply rooted. It's not so scary, but all of this. And I think that's really what a teacher needs to feel into and why experience is so important if you want to bring yoga into the first responder world is to not, you know, you just... You don't just dive right in, ask people to open up, feel everything they're feeling. You know, I, I think it's, it's a lot of skill. Yeah. I just realized I'm like, I, it looks like I'm looking down at you. Yes. <laughs> you're like at the bottom of my screen. So I put you up to the okay. top. 
<laughs> and I look pretty centered in mine. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting perspective. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh yeah I mean emotions are an interesting thing for firefighters and um and then that body uh that body awareness um I as you were talking I was thinking about um you know you know breath and um actually I I had some colliding thoughts there but it was about emotions and then breathing so um so breathing uh, first, like that really stands out because like we breathe, I mean, of course we breathe. Uh, And, um, but it's interesting to see like how people's breathing changes as they get older and especially when they're under stress. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I've worked with a lot of firefighters that I actually expected that when I introduced them to like some sort of breath work, that they would be fine with it. Like I could just describe it and we could, you know, practice it a little bit and then they could take it home and use it as a a tool and something, you know, to focus on and to help kind of relax and open things up. Um, And, and it's, (laughs) I think probably the most surprising person, um, you know, it was like a paramedic that had like a lot of knowledge about the body and how, the body works and how breathing should be. And I had to teach him how to breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, like he just couldn't get full breaths. Like he couldn't, he wasn't breathing into his belly. It was all like here, yeah. just right up here. And mm-hmm. um, that really surprised me. So have you seen that in your practice with firefighters? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it comes back to because I, I heard you say something like I wanted them to breathe, open up and relax. <laughs> and and as a yoga practitioner, that that's how I would logically think about it. But mm-hmm. for a lot of people, not like opening up is not relaxing. So staying, con- staying contracted in the abdomen, breathing shallowly is how they're keeping everything together, right? This is how maybe they feel like I'm keeping my life together. Yeah. So um, to teach that, I ask firefighters to get on their backs on the mat and bend their knees, right? Just so straight legs can oftentimes put a lot of pressure on the low back. So bend, bend the knees, get comfortable on your back. Eyes don't have to be closed because oftentimes eyes closed again can be very disorienting. So mm-hmm. eyes open. And then we just take one of these foam blocks, you know, they're, they're, they're yoga blocks and they're made out of foam. So they're really light and place it kind of right on top of the belly button there, sort of lower abdomen mm-hmm. and start by just, you know, inhaling and getting that block to rise up, exhaling, getting the block to rise down because we know what we're looking for is we're looking for the diaphragm to flatten on an inhalation, right? And kind of put that pressure, that internal pressure against the, the abdominal organs. They naturally get displaced and, and push out a little bit. That can get that block to lift up. And then on an exhale, getting it to reset. So this is what we want. This is what we're trying to educate the diaphragm to do. But like you said, people who have been holding, constricting, right? The diaphragm sort of lost its natural intelligence, so that's yeah. one of the ways that we can re-educate belly breathing, deep breathing. And again, with yeah. support, because breathing more means you're feeling more feeling and you don't really get to choose what you're feeling. You know, it's like, I don't want to feel those things. I only want to feel these things. But here's the thing. Feeling more means that you get to eventually over time, 
feel the good stuff too. Right? Yes. Right. You get to feel and the feeling more allows you to then be more available to connection, feeling love, yes. feeling support, feeling connected. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that. Like this just makes me more um, interested in um, helping to bring yoga into um, Seattle. I, I mean, I'd like to bring it to everywhere around where I live, but um, yeah, I really like that. I love the way you describe it. Um, and it it's like, I, I kind of had, well, not so much like a, like a aha moment, but I think the way you talked about like breath and opening up and relaxing. And it's, it's like, I, I saw in many of my clients, what you were describing about how that, I mean, it just opening up is not comfortable. They don't want to be vulnerable. And if if they're not comfortable, if they're not able to be vulnerable, then they're not going to relax. Um, and, uh, and it's like, and I knew that and I saw that, but I love the way that you said it. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. Well, and because we just did this, we just went through this exercise really today. I'm like, I I'm not sure that they're going to want another yoga practice. Right. (laughs) So maybe we can do something that's more safe in the seats. Let's just do some reflection. And that's fair. That's really fair. And and those are the things you need to know as a therapist and also as a yoga teacher. What are your students? What are your clients ready for now? Yeah. And they, I mean, and what works for one person doesn't always work for another. And so, you know, one of my approaches is to find um, multiple tools, if you will, that can help them get to that place where they can feel like they can open up or they can, they can kind of poke at what is going on Yeah. Um, at first. And that's usually what happens. Like they might see it first, but then they're like, yeah, I just can't, I can't go there yet. And right. then, um, you know, and then they might be able to kind of touch it a little bit, but they're not sure if they want to unpack it yet. <laughs> and it's, so it's just like baby steps sometimes. And then some people just go there. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's so true. And that I love what you're saying there because it, it made me realize like when we're doing yoga, the, I'm not a drill sergeant. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you have to, you must do this. You know, a lot of this can be invitational so people can decide how mm-hmm. far posture can my back really handle today? And this again is a great awareness. It's the awareness of boundaries. Mm-hmm. Where am I right now in my body? What can I handle? Same with breathing, same with like that emotional awareness. And so um, there is a lot of autonomy and agency. And I also feel in what I'm doing with firefighters and I also what you just said is is key. It's absolutely key. You're in control here, right? You, you're really deciding what you want to do as we practice. And not too many people opt out because of that whole competition thing that's happening. But every once in a while, someone will just kind of sit down and or relax, you know, while everybody else is still moving. I think that's real leadership when that happens. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question. You raised your hand. I did. Thank you. Um, So what you guys, what Beth and you were talking about, it gives me the impression that this opening up of feelings and breathing and all that stuff is more of an individual act and not a group therapy session. So how do you expect the firefighters that are working maybe on a crew or two crews that are together in the firehouse um, get to that point of self-awareness or actualization or whatever the word is 
when there's, you know, they're like, I don't want to show, you know, Murphy how I feel. I just, (laughs) I'll go through the motions, but is it really benefiting me in a group setting or is it better to do it as a individual um, therapy session? Like with Dr. Murphy, as an example. Mm -hmm. Well, is that question for me? Experience on that? Probably for both of us, because I think that goes along with like one of the other thoughts I had is I was wondering if you had firefighters in that, like we're in a group that did kind of, you know, open up and, um, and maybe, maybe it brought tears up or strong emotions up. I mean, I would imagine that you've seen that. And even in groups. I have seen it in groups and it really, it starts with how much trust is there in the crew to begin with, right? And so when I, and also, have I been with this crew for a long time? Those were the two factors that really led to like group disclosure. Yeah. And so, and both of those elements were there. Trust was high and we had practiced for a long time. And I remember um, I was teaching at this particular time, at a station in San Jose Fire Department, and it was uh, adjacent to downtown San Jose, so a very busy station. So we frequently got interrupted, um, and we got interrupted by medical calls, which means that the class could resume because the turnaround time was typically under half an hour. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember, and it might, you know, how memories are very flexible. So I might be putting two memories together. <laughs> they might have not happened exactly like this because it's been a few years now, but. When one of the paramedics came back from that call, he just said how much more patience he had. He felt like he was a better firefighter, oh, having had this ability to connect to his breath, especially when feeling really stressed and feeling really anxious. Like, I'm just going to take a deep breath here. I'm not going to be able to push this any faster, and I'm going to be working with this person. So he came back saying, you know, hey, I feel like I what we're doing here in the station with yoga is helping me be a better paramedic, better firefighter. And also at another time, I had someone tell me be a better dad for the exact same reasons. Because as you know, Beth, when we're feeling strong emotions, when we're feeling aroused, if we don't have any tools, we're going to react, right? We're just going to do, say things, do things that were later really regrettable. But when you have a tool like breathing to kind of modulate, right, to regulate the stress response, then you can respond, right? You can take a, there's that space, right? You can just, who do I want to be here right now? So yes to group disclosure. And the thing, and I'm going to punt this right back over to you, Beth. What I notice is that in a yoga class, when there is this breathing, when there is space to feel your feelings, you're not on a call right now, you're in a yoga class, you're on a mat, it's pretty contained, it's pretty safe, you're with people you know, so you tend to, I've noticed people tend to feel their feelings, let things come up and feel them, it's like, oh snap, I think I do need some help, I think I need help from Beth, or I think I I need to get my act together here. I want to start taking better care of my health. I want to eat better. So so this is what self-awareness does. And it really stems from having spaces in the group, right? Mm -hmm. To feel what's what's happening. Yes. And I I know that that's, I mean, it's it's like uh, any type of group disclosure. It it happens because they feel that they're in a safe place and um and that they can, you know, they can express whatever is there. 
and not be judged. And not be judged. And, and I think it's true whenever we go to any group setting, we're always scanning and wondering, like, am I safe here? And, yeah. you know, can I, if I go into an environment, a party or whatever, or a class and, you know, I, I'm, I'm really gauging how much I'm actually going to share about myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for a long, long time, I was a person who just liked to sit back in a group and listen. I didn't feel comfortable disclosing, period. But then through yoga and overtime and getting to know myself better, like I'm more willing to go first, you know, say something, disclose first. But I think, you know, it's just true. It's true for just being a human being. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, so what would you recommend for any department that is interested in, you know, exploring the possibility of bringing um, yoga to their department? Yeah, well, I, I would say I would say start with a phone call, like a discovery call with with me or someone like me who has experience bringing yoga to firefighters. That's the number one thing because. um there's inevitably going to be lots of questions. And I think most of the leaders in the fire service that I talk to, even if it works for Seattle fire, even if it works for San Jose fire, there's still the question of like, I don't know if it's going to work for our group, right? Somehow our group is really unique and I'm not sure that you'll special. Yes, special. <laughs> it's going to work for us. So I think the best thing to do is to start with a discovery call, have a yeah. conversation yeah. Um, um, and, oh, go ahead. <laughs> the last thing I'll say is that the proof of the pudding is in the eating. So I think, you know, a single yoga class that's really designed for first responders, mm-hmm. that's, you know, if, if it's a trial class, if it's, you know, when I first got started, I did like a 10 session series. I wanted to be with a group of firefighters 10 times before the department would then make a decision about um, like a department wide program. So, but I think, you know, once it's been my experience that when firefighters have an opportunity to do the work that you and I have been talking about on this call, that's all that's needed. That's all that's really needed to be like, yes, I want more of this. Yeah. Oh yeah. They definitely will like gravitate towards what feels good. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And feels like a challenge. Yeah, it feels like a <laughs> challenge. Yeah. And firefighters like a challenge. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. and this is like when I talk to firefighters and I'm trying to help them, you know, open up and and um face whatever feelings they have. Um, you know, sometimes it helps to say, you know, this is like this is hard and and it's kind of a challenge. Yeah, like actually lean into these emotions. Um, I find that having a lot of different language to talk about this with them is helpful. So it is. And I think I don't know how do you do yoga in your practice? I I don't. Um, I do. um, I mean, so I do a lot of um, like emotion focused therapy and um, a lot of somatic therapy um and then uh mindfulness some form of mindfulness meditation um yeah i mean because those are all things that that work really well that's you know very much needed um and then i do other practices like emdr mm-hmm. um and and it's interesting interesting because my emdr training um the person that 
taught me at the beginning um, was um, she used primarily EMDR as well as um, what was it called? It was like a somatic energetic practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so very much tuning into the body. Um, and that was, that was something that I really, that resonated with me because it's like, cause people can lie to themselves yeah. um, when they, and they do it all the time. I mean, it's like, if you, and you probably, have noticed, or maybe somebody has said to you at some time or another that when they're, you know, trying to do their focus on breath or whatever, it's like their mind is like all over the place. Yeah. Um, I hear that a lot when I suggest meditation, they're like, oh, I can't do that because my mind is all over the place. And they're yeah. like, well, you're aware of it. That's a good first step. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, so like knowing that, you know, like the cognitions can be inaccurate and then we appraise our emotions, um, based on, I mean, it's our cognitions and our emotions are basically stemming from whatever that physiological thing is that's going on in your body. So it's like this kind of, there's a way that, you know, pretty much there's a lie that just kind of gets passed on down the lot, the line. Yeah. And, but the body itself doesn't lie. It's like, it is what it is. Okay. Um, it's like how we appraise it, that we start to get into problems. Um, you know, and you talked about like that scanning, how we're always scanning our environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's part of our survival mechanism. Um, and, and it's also how we understand what we're feeling. Um, and there's been some really great research around that, um, where they've, they've looked at how people will appraise what their physiological reactions are. And a lot of times they look to the environment for an explanation for why they're like, whatever they're feeling in their body is happening. Um, and, and so like being able to just kind of, um, get people, you know, break it down to get them to start noticing like what's happening in their body and not being so caught up in labeling what is happening, but just looking at, well, is that, does that feel okay for you? Mm-hmm. Is that something you'd like not to feel? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so not actually labeling it, um, yeah. So, so, and I, so I like that. And with EMDR, when people are telling me, they're usually, um, they'll say, um, because we'll do about uh, 30 to 40 seconds of bilateral um, passes. So they're usually tracking a light. And so, you know, side to side, so to be like maybe 30, 40 times. And, and then I will ask, okay, well now what do you get? And, um, and what that means is it's, it's kind of like, what was the most, the last thing or the most prominent thing that struck you in that, um, that cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they'll say, oh man, it's like so many things went through my head <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, what stood out to you? And if they can't really land on something, um, verbally, then, um, I will say, well, what are you feeling in your body? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you notice in your body? Mm-hmm. And um, and they always feel something. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we can, you know, go, okay, 
So they're like, well, I just noticed like whatever tightness I had in my shoulders. Now I've got a stomach ache or something right. and not so much in right. the shoulders. And I'm like, okay, we'll go with that. And that's just the point where they start. And, mm-hmm. and then, um, and then the next time they may have some thought that comes up some memory. Um, and, um, and then it's like, okay, well, we'll go with that. Um, but sometimes it can go back and forth between like an emotion, a cognition, or like a felt sense in their body. Sometimes we spend a lot of time checking in with the body. Um, and, and we're looking for change in the body and how the body feels and are they getting more comfortable? Mm Um, so it's, you know, it's interesting. I mean, yoga is, it's like, you're starting with the body, but you're getting into the emotions and um and and kind of unpacking stuff that way and helping people to open up and then to become okay with being open and relaxed um yeah and with what i do it's like we're starting with the mental and you know the psychological and and then sometimes we have to move into the body to help bring things up and to open things up and to help them become more aware um so, so we might do a lot of education around emotions because firefighters don't do emotions. <laughs> yes. And I, I do love how you said that emotions can be constructed and that you don't spend a lot of time really thinking about the construct. Just are, yeah. you, are you feeling safe? Are you feeling unsafe? Like what, what's, yeah. and also I love what you said about um, the body doesn't lie or one of famous book is the body keeps the score. Yes. I love that book, <laughs> but you brought our two modalities. Like, we're coming from different places, but we're, we're really investigating in similar ways um, what's mm-hmm. happening inside the body. Yeah. And I do think that's, you know, this is, might be a wonderful kind of summary for us is that it, to me, I know when I, when I started um, on this path, I had no idea who I really was, what was important to me, what did I want from my life, and in large part because I was not connected really to my body. So as I moved along and and, and felt like my body was a safe place to be in, I could be in it more, you know, I this is where personal power comes from. This is where we can start to organize our life and and around things, our values and things that are really important to us. And this is where we can begin to create like these really amazing, magnificent lives. It really starts from being in embodied and in the body. Yeah. That's yeah. I really, I like that a lot. Um, I mean, I kept thinking about how um, constricted people's lives can become when they're holding a lot of stuff in um and and it's like their life gets smaller and smaller and i've seen it i mean i know you've seen that too and um when you can help them open up and um open up and be more vulnerable and in touch with like who well start to learn who they are they can start to live a more expansive life and um yeah. yeah. And I love that. And I think it happens through like multiple modalities. Um, I really see, I see tremendous value in doing something with the body and, and not just like going and throwing weights around. Yeah. Um, and I, and I love the, I mean, yoga that I've done, I've done more, well, I said I did like the hot yoga. So Bikrams, which is like more that um, it's based on a Hatha 
yoga, right? I, I'm, I'm, a, and I'm kind of, I'm saying it and kind of asking you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like body yoga. awareness and breath, and then, um, I mean, I, and I think it was also toler, you know, being able to tolerate something uncomfortable. Um, because not like the heat was comfortable. Yeah, no. <laughs> but it also helped you go deeper, and um, and then, oh my gosh, the sweating. It's like, whew. um, and I actually love that about um the hot yoga. It was, you know, most of the time when I would work out, I'd get sweaty and I couldn't wait to have a shower. I get done with hatha yoga and or with the um the hot yoga, and I'd sweated so much that I'd just go towel off and I'd be like, oh, I feel so clean. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and I think it's it, you know, it's like in all senses, really. Um, you know, like yeah. emotionally and physically. And um, so that was a, that was a great practice. Um, but yeah, most of the, most of the yoga that I've done has been more of that gentle and stretching. And, um, and I think the hot yoga was probably the most strenuous and that was because of the heat. Um, yeah. And I do, I do enjoy hot yoga too. And I, and I think it's just the point here is that, you know, it's like where you are, in consciousness as you're doing it because people can be doing all kinds of postures that that are quote-unquote yoga but really not getting a lot of the benefits that we're talking about which is self-awareness oh yeah and I think the greatest thing for me is I remember when I started is that I was always worried about people seeing me watching me and like I started in the back of the class because I didn't want anybody to see Mm -hmm. you know that I was new and beginner and you know, who knows what mistakes I was going to make. And and so I was very self-conscious, but as I practiced more, um, it's like, that was less of a concern because I was, I was like really into the practice yeah. and into myself. So yeah. then I didn't worry about other people around me. Um, over the holiday, I went on a yoga retreat with one of my yoga teachers and um, I was talking to him about one of the worst moves I think potentially a person can make is try to pick up another person in a yoga studio because lots of people go to yoga just to, right, just to have that inner experience. And I know personally, you know, I didn't enjoy (laughs) ever, like I I was aware that there were other people around me, but there wasn't a place that I was like looking for a date. And I just, we we were kind of laughing, like not a great place to look for a date. I I, I know, you know, it, it seems attractive that way, but like you said, it is this time, the 60 minutes or 45 minutes or 90 minutes where you get to focus on you. Yeah. Be yeah. sweaty and not worry about all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yes. Do you had some input, John? <laughs> I did. Question? I was going to say, <clears throat> being that we're sort of getting to the end of the session, is that um, how does one get a hold of um, Shannon? Yeah. How do we get a hold of Yeah. Well, and that I do want you to share that. But I also wanted to know, are there very many people like you? Oh, uh, no. Do what you do. No, there aren't very many people. Actually, there's no one who teaches yoga to firefighters like I do with this. What we're, what, and we didn't unpack this, and that's totally okay. We, we said it in many different ways. I teach an interoceptive yoga practice, right? Mm-hmm. This is that 
getting into the body yoga practice. I know of other organizations who teach yoga to firefighters, but their intention and how they do it is, is very different. So, so far, I don't know anyone who takes my, this approach. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And I, I'm glad that you clarified that too. So, cause I think, I mean, we talked about it. We just didn't say what it was. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And I think that that's an important distinction, which we kind of touched on early on. Yeah. Um, but having that approach to get to that inner part of somebody. Um, so I, I really like that, the interoception. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, I think that's the that's the transformation. That's a transformative principle, right? Yeah, there. and and so do you do like a type of like a train the trainer? So if somebody like does um, have a, a regular yoga practice, and maybe they have um, even yoga their yoga teacher, um, do you train them in the way that you do yoga, or yeah, um, how does that yeah. work? It's a really great question. So um, I haven't re, uh, restarted my, I was doing twice a year where I was just training yoga teachers mm-hmm. to go and work with first responders. But what I am doing now is a train the trainer for first responders. So I'll be working okay. with Cal Fire here at the end of this month. And I we're, we have, we'll be doing other trainings together. Um, I also work with a, a federal law enforcement agency doing train the trainer. So yes, um, that's something that I, it's a way that a first responder who isn't trained as a yoga teacher can mm-hmm. start to work with some of these practices in a small way. I would never expect after three days that someone could lead a 60 minute yoga class with no yoga background. And and there are firefighters who do have their 200 or 500 hour certification, but that's, that's not what these trainings are for. These are like to lead a, you know, lead a 30 or 60 second breathing practice, start a home yoga practice. So, mm-hmm. so the takeaways are designed for people who are first responders and don't have a yoga background. Okay. Um, so, and you said, I think you mentioned, so it's like a three-day class yeah. in the trainer. And um, do you do it outside of California? I, um, yeah. Yes, I do. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm flying to Maryland and Philadelphia and then back back to um, back to LA. So yeah, I definitely do the trainings outside of California. Okay. And and so these are in-person trainings? That these are in-person, in-person trainings. Yeah, okay. exactly. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, going, oh, well, okay. Well, I'm going <laughs> to, it would be, it would be very, very good to um, have. Yeah. It'd be good to have you come up in our neck of the woods. <laughs> oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. And then the book, you know, really goes into detail. So mm-hmm. um, I, the book goes into detail about the why behind the practices, how to lead the practices. And then I have yoga sequences at the end of the book with pictures and postures. So that's another place where um, after we finish the train, the trainer, you know, you have this supplemental resource so you can continue the learning and continue to build the practice. Oh, perfect. It is on my radar to do a 200 hour potentially. I'm not sure I haven't landed, but, you know, to really create mm-hmm. a really robust training for first responders so that at the end of it, which would be much, much longer, it's 200 hours. So much, much longer mm-hmm. than the days that you, you know, they yeah. can run and lead a full class to their crews, but that's in the future breath. We'll it's see. So, yeah. So how many people are typically in your class when you do a train the trainer? Um, t- less than 20. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I was just thinking about like, um, so it would be, um, because it seems like, you know, like a lot of departments have peer support. Yeah. And um, so they they seem to get all the training for, right. for things like this. And I mean, they get training that honestly it would benefit the whole department would benefit from getting. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I know there's like, um, I mean, fitness peers. Um, yeah. yeah. The, I mean, I can I can imagine like maybe a mixed a mixed class of like peer support people and and then the fitness peers, because it probably would appeal to not everybody in those groups, but to, you know, some of them. Um, Exactly. I would agree with that. And I also think in lots of agencies, you know, people who don't have titles step up and are really trying to do support champion wellness, be in leadership positions around wellness. And um, they would also be a really great, great candidate for a training. training. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And I, and I'm glad that you addressed how your book was formatted because I was looking at it and I, and I was going to actually ask you, well, how would people use your book? And you just answered that. So (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Answered it before I said anything. (laughs) Well, thank you, Beth. Thank you so much for having me. It was a real, a real delight to to speak with you. Um, Yeah. I have a website, fireflexyoga.com. That's one way. And another way is that you can just email me. My email address is Shannon, traditional spelling, S-H-A-N-N-O-N at fireflexyoga.com. Perfect. Yes. Awesome. How about you? How does one get a hold of yourself? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, <laughs> um, well, I just love saying my email, um, but it's Beth, um, B-E-T-H, at integrativemhw.com. Um, so well, that's... Uh, um, keep those emails coming, right? Yeah, I know. I I think I've gotten an email before. Like, I don't get a lot of emails when I give it out, <laughs> but occasionally I do. And I'm like, oh, somebody listened. <laughs> And they got through the integrative spelling. On behalf of um, <laughs> on behalf of Fire Engineering and um, Clarion Group and all the associated groups with uh, Clarion and Fire Engineering, I'd like to thank uh, Shannon McQuaid for coming on today and spending an hour or so with us. And uh, as a guest of Dr. Beth Murphy's Behavioral Health uh, Show, which will be uh, broadcast at some time in the near future. So I'd like to thank everyone um, for taking the time to listen. So thank you. Yes. Thank you. you. (laughs) Yeah. And thank you so much, Shannon. I I feel like there's so many, so much more we could talk about. Yeah. Um, I feel like we just touched the surface on things. So um, I can, I could see maybe us talking again (laughs) down the road. (laughs) Yay. Yay. So um, yeah, thank you so much.